Hey, welcome to Coastal Community Church's online ministry. We are so thankful that you're making uh, this online ministry a part of your spiritual journey. And uh, we uh, want this sermon to encourage you and to help you grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ. However, at Coastal, we have a, a deep conviction that uh, every Christian should be a part of a local church. And so while we want to encourage you with this online ministry, we hope it's a part of your, your walk, your journey with Christ, we do want to encourage you to be in a local church. And so if you're on the peninsula and you don't have a local church, we would love to invite you to, to our location. Uh, we have two services. We meet at 101 Village Avenue uh, in Yorktown. We have two service times, 915 and 11, and we'd love for you to check out Coastal Community Church in person and, and worship with us corporately. The second thing is I want to introduce our sermon series for the fall. Um, we're doing a sermon series called Distorted, and we believe that uh, sin and, and just the busyness of life sometimes distorts all that God has for us. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to really dive into the scriptures and, and talk about how we have distorted what God's best is for us and remind us how the person and work of Christ makes all that clear uh, as we uh, investigate the gospel of Christ, the word of God, and, and reminding us of the truths of God so that our lives are no longer distorted and we walk in the fullness of all that the Lord has for us. Anyway, good morning. Great to see you. If you have your Bible, do me a favor, turn with me to Ephesians. I'm going to have you turn to two places in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, Revelation 19. Uh, I'm going to be skipping around. We're in the middle of a series called Distorted, and this morning I want to talk a little bit about the church. Uh, you, there's some notes in your handout. I would encourage you to get that out, follow along, and, um, and, then why, and, and that helps you prepare for your small group. We're doing sermon-based small groups during this series. Uh, I just found out this morning, I don't always see all the small group questions, not all of them. Uh, we have a team of people that work on that for me, but uh, the first question I'm preparing for your small group this morning is, um, you, what, what preaching quirks have you noticed of Pastor Sean, Pastor Joey, or Pastor Andrew? Okay, so just observe closely and you'll be ready for your small group tonight. This is one of mine, okay? I'll just tell you that right now. It's just what it is. And Pastor Joey does weird things with his hands, all right? So, and Pastor Andrew gets really big. Like, I feel like he's about to tackle me half the time. You know, he kind of does this. And so uh, that, you're ready for your small group, right? We take the Word of God serious around here, all right? We don't play games, so... Um, so while you're getting all that out, actually this morning, uh, I, I need to take a, a, a chunk of time and I don't, so if you're a guest with us this morning, this is kind of family talk and I need about 10 or 15 minutes of Coastal's membership or regular tenders time to give you guys a little update, okay? So even if you're a visitor, uh, I'm excited because I want you to hear a little bit of our journey as a church. Uh, we have, we've been on a unique journey, right? For those of you who've been here for any length of time and God has been really good to us. And, uh, and so, you know, I need to take a few minutes and, and talk about and inform us where we are, okay? And give us what I'm calling a beyond update. So if you're not familiar what beyond is, uh, that was our fundraising campaign to get into this building, okay? And, uh, and so, I mean, for those of you who haven't been here very long, uh, in 2010, we opened a facility up on 17, and literally within two to three years, we had outgrown that facility. Uh, we built 15,000 square feet, and uh, we were maxing it, and it was like myself and the leadership, we began to pray, like, God, what, what do you have next for us to do? And then God presented us uh, this incredible opportunity to relocate right here. And, uh, and, and so actually, I want to show you this slide. I mean, this is the slide I used 
uh, during our campaign at the very beginning when I was selling the vision. Hopefully, we'll get that slide up there. Uh, and and we God gave us this facility. And I know it looks like a nuclear bomb, but it's not. Um, so in the center of that is where we're, you're currently sitting, okay? Uh, that's this physical location, what used to be the, and at the time it was the Kroger building. That's why you see the Kroger logo up there. And as I sold the vision to, to us as a church, I wanted us to catch the vision that God was giving us the opportunity to relocate right in the center of our peninsula physically. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, and so we looked at that as a church. We prayed about that, and, and we pushed hard to get out of the old building and to get here, okay? And so... Um, and so you guys know we worked really hard, and, and uh, I don't have time to go through all the challenges and obstacles we faced along the way. <laughs> there were many, uh, and the Lord has been faithful. You know, probably one of our, our biggest obstacles was in the sale of our old building. Um, and go ahead, Kristen, you can kind of remove that. In the sale of our old building, we, um, uh, we had got a, a really good sale price on that building, and then literally... Shortly before we were going to close, the appraisal came in at $200,000 less than the sale price. And so we kind of had to renegotiate the deal, and we have the difference uh, between us and the church that purchased it. And, and so the, the leadership, the elder team, myself, we felt like it was still a good thing to go forward uh, with the sale of the building because it offloaded the debt that we still had on that building, and it also freed up regular monthly expenses anytime you own a building, right? It just comes with normal expenses. And so for us, it freed up eleven to $12,000 a month to sell it, uh, and it freed up debt. Now, one of the things I've been kind of hinting at uh, over the last, since we've moved in here, is our contractors were kind enough to finish this building for us and let us work on making payments because the original plan was for us to build out in cash, stay in the old building uh, until we could build that, this out. But we, and once we had an opportunity to sell it, uh, we decided that was a good thing. And so even with what we owe the contractors, I want you to see this next slide. Um, you know, we were able to reduce the debt at Coastal by over uh, $1.1 million. Okay, so uh, that's a good thing, right? Remember, you guys, I've, one of the things that's deep in my heart is Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 7, which says the debtor is the servant to the lender. And so we, a big passion of mine is to reduce debt as we go so that we can serve the Lord with the, with the resources that you donate to Coastal and, and, and push the gospel forward for the fame of Jesus Christ, okay? So here's where we are today, okay? Our contractors have, have been kind enough to finish the build out. You're sitting here today. We needed a church home once we sold the other one and we decided, hey, let's, let's push ahead, okay? And, uh, and so here's where we are today. We currently owe our contractors about $330,000 remaining, all right? Uh, and that's coming out of our beyond pledges. And, um, and so we were able to work as, so, so let me put this in, uh, uh, how do you eat an elephant, right? How do you eat an elephant? Anybody know? One bite at a time. So I'm going to give you the bites. Ready? Here we go. Uh, so we were able to work out uh, uh, an opportunity where we're going to take out 150000 of that and put it in the 2017 budget, and we're going to pay that off with interest, okay? So those of you who are members here and regular tenders, when you see the 2017 budget, uh, you're going to see, I'm going to just call it debt retirement, okay? You're going to see 150 plus interest as debt retirement. And I think that's a really good practice for us, okay? And so you're going to see that line, and 
Lord willing, in the 2018 budget and the 2019 budget, and that's going to be over and above our mortgage payment here to retire debt on this building. Does that make sense? Uh, so 2017 is going to go to contractors. Going forward, it's going to go uh, to reducing our, our, um, our principal payments here at Coastal Community Church, all right? Uh, so here's the bottom line. Okay, that leaves us, uh, this is the next slide, it leaves us with uh, $180,000 that uh, we'd like to pay off by the end of December, all right? So you can do the math, right? There's 10 weeks between now uh, and the end of December. And so now the question becomes, well, how are we going to do that? So to this point, uh, we've been able to manage everything we've managed through general offerings and through uh, building fund contributions. You can go ahead and go to the next slide. Uh, and so so how are we going to make up the difference? We, we want to pay off 180 by the end of this year. Uh, on our current beyond giving trend, okay, uh, we should take in another $30,000. That's the current trend, okay, at Coastal. So that leaves us $150,000 uh, that we need to raise. So if you remember, now again, if you're a visitor, I'm sorry, I'm like, this is a fire hydrant, like, but some of the folks that have been here a long time, they know what we've talked about through the last two years. Um, our goal was to raise a million dollars over and above our regular giving. And so we took pledges to do that. Uh, the church pledged to raise $950,000 uh, over, over and above, okay? And so uh, our pledges came in at nine fifty. myself and the elder team at Coast. We decided, hey, that was close enough. We're going to move forward, okay? Next slide. So, yeah, so so at nine uh, we're on current pace to raise 850. That leaves us 100000 short of our of our church goal. And then if, we, if the target was a million, go to the next slide. I think that's the next one. Uh, the target was a million, uh, current pace, all right, leaves us about a 150 short of, of what we're hoping to raise by the end of the year. Now, uh, if I were to hire a fundraiser, which we didn't do, all right, and by, by the way, there are companies out there that raise funds. They're fundraising companies for churches, okay? We did not do that. We didn't want to spend your resources on a company. A fundraising company would tell you that if you collect 80% of your pledges, you've hit it out of the park, right? That's an incredible number, all right? We are on pace to collect 89% of our pledges, and absolutely, we should celebrate that. And I'm a believer that Coastal's better than that, all right? Uh, I'm a believer that we can do 110% of our pledges. I just think that's where we are and who we are as a church. We've always been that way. And so, uh, what I want to lay in front of you this morning is, and again, this is... If you're a visitor, just relax, all right? This is for those who say, this is my home church. What I want to lay in front of you is the idea of doing a Christmas offering. I know a lot of times around Christmas time, people are generous uh, with organizations and things that they think are important. And, and, and I've, I've been here 16 years. I've never done this, all right? So, but this year, I want to say, hey, listen, I want you to consider being generous with Coastal Community Church, okay? And so the way we've gotten here, uh, now I also know, so one of the things, unique things that's happening to Coastal, okay, our attendance has grown by over 30%. So there's some new families here. And so I need the opportunity to explain, okay? One of the ways we got here with the Beyond series was what I called over and above giving. And here's what that means. If you're a regular giver at Coastal, let's say I'm just using round numbers. Let's say you give $100 a week and you say, you know what? I'm going to, I see the need. I want to give 50, I'm going to take the 100, I'm going to have it. I'm going to give 50 to general budget. I'm going to give 50 to building budget. That 
literally is robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? So, so that, like, don't do that. We, you know, we need your gift. Thank you for your gift. Uh, I'm asking you to consider giving over and above, okay, sacrificially. Uh, that's how we've gotten to this point. Um, and here's a little side note, by the way. I bet you all haven't looked as far ahead in the calendar, but Christmas Day actually falls on a Sunday, okay? So we're going to do Christmas Eve services. We're going to give you Sunday with your families. Um, and so usually on Christmas Eve, I don't take up an offering, but because of what I'm laying in front of you this year, I think we should do that so we can reach our goal. Um, and so, and so let me address, there's, I, I think there's probably three groups of people here this morning. Ready? Group number one, uh, you finished your pledge, right? You, you finished your pledge and, uh, you, you know, you, 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 you sacrificed and you, you did that. And so to you, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We would not be sitting here today without you, okay? Group number two, you're still finishing your pledge. You made your pledge, you're giving regularly, and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We would not be sitting here without you, okay? And, and then there's a third group, and I'm kind of lumping two groups into the third group. You've made a pledge, and to this point you haven't been able able to fulfill it. Maybe business hasn't been as good as you had hoped or whatever. Uh, Or you're new to Coastal. You've started coming to Coastal in the last 14 months and you really didn't hear the vision and what God had called us to do, what we believe God called this church body to do. And, uh, And so... If you're in that third group, okay, we, we really, the reality is we need everybody to share in the need. So if this is your home church, I want to encourage you uh, to begin now to pray uh, and, and, and be a part of, of finishing the goal. So those numbers sound intimidating, right? Do they sound intimidating? Maybe a little bit? All right. So, uh, so let me talk about how, why. Let me give you a little vision, and then let me talk to you about how I think we can meet our goal. Okay, so let's talk about the vision. All right, first of all, uh, if we hit our goal, if we hit our number, um, it allows us to meet all our financial obligations in a timely manner in the community. All right? And that's important. Why is that important? Uh, because we're lifting up the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? And so we want to we continue to have a good name in the community and so that we don't have to stand up here and talk about money and say, hey, well, this is about reconnecting with your creator through the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? All right, number two, number two, part of the vision. So I can stop talking about the Beyond campaign, all right? Like, can I just be honest with you? Like, I don't like doing this. I didn't sleep much last night because I don't like talking about it. It's not fun for me, but I want to tell you something, okay? Most churches, when they do a building fundraiser, you want to know how many, how many months they do it for? Most churches do it for 36 months. That means for three years they're in a building campaign. We did it for 18. You want to know why? We didn't want to talk about money for years and years and years, all right? Um, and so, you know, we, it, it helps us just, here's the, let's just finish this deal, okay, and move forward. That's what I'm challenging us to. Uh, the third thing is it reduces any burden on the 2017 budget, okay? So if we don't finish this, we're going to have to put more burden on the 2017 budget, which then, you know, here's our vision, okay? Here's our vision. You guys have been here long enough to know our vision. We're talking about doing a campus because this building's filling up again, okay? Uh, we're talking about missions. You know, we, uh, those of you who are new to Coastal, we give 10, per, 10 cents of every dollar goes to missions, and, man, we try to serve in the community, internationally, globally, okay? Uh, we have a lot going on. It'll free us up for capital improvements, uh, and, it'll, and if you haven't peaked, okay, I'll give you permission 
assuming all the doors aren't locked, um, if you, to go just peek on the other side of the building. We have 25,000 square feet we haven't built out yet. And, and the vision for that is not to do, Lord willing, is not to do a fundraiser, but as we grow and as you donate to the general fund and we have cash, is to build that out in cash, okay? So we want to begin to plan for that and think about that. We're talking about youth, designated youth space. We're talking about uh, small group space and even some recreational space. So uh, if you haven't fulfilled your pledge and you're working towards it, Thank you so much, okay? If you fulfilled your pledge, uh, I want you to just begin to pray, all right? Really lift this up in prayer to the Lord, uh, both for us to reach our goal and to ask, ask the Lord, do I have another part to play in this? And maybe you said, man, I, I've sacrificed and I'm really stretched thin. I get that. And thank you, okay? But maybe pray. Maybe there's a part that I can play. Um, and then I just want to challenge all of us. If this is your home church, I've said this from the beginning, it's going to take every single person to link arms and fulfill the visions God's given us. Yes? Okay, good. All right. I feel like I'm losing you. I know. I know. Here we go. Okay, 10. So we're 10 weeks away. So here's my three suggestions. All right, here, I want to put it in bite-sized chunks that you can pray through and go, hey, I, I might be able to do that. Number one. If everybody that sits in this room over the next 10 weeks or part of the Christmas offering uh, gives $125, we'd meet our goal. Isn't that amazing? $125, okay? If every, now, so maybe you're an, in, if you're like my family, we sit here and we take up five seats, okay? So five individuals, I got a couple that ain't bringing any money. All they do is consume money, okay? So and you all have some of those. So, uh, so, so another bite-sized chunk, another way to look at this. If every household brings $325, we'd meet our goal, okay? Does that make sense? All right, and then I'm going to challenge some of you. There's some of you in this room that you're new to Coastal over the last 14 months, okay? Here was the vision that we laid in front of 300 families to kick off the campaign. You're sitting here today, okay, because 300 families said, you know what, very first offering we took at the beginning, we asked for our families to bring $1,000, okay, and we had a single offering at Coastal where we raised $300,000. You're sitting here today because of that offering. So if you're a new family, okay, I want to encourage you, maybe do what 300 families have already done, and could you bring $1,000 to the Christmas offering, okay? And somebody's got a child code up there. So there you go, okay? And... Um, and so that's what I'm asking, all right? Now, let me give a final thought, and then I'm going to jump into my sermon, all right? A couple final thoughts. Um, if, if you're in the process of filling, fulfilling your pledge, and those numbers are like, there is no possible way I can do that. I'm already stretched, sacrificing. You know, would you consider maybe adding a month or two to your pledge? Does that make sense? So maybe, hey, I can give another pledge. You know, I'll just add a month in January, add a month in February. All that helps us, okay, finalize what the Lord has called us to do. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're a student, you're single, and you're like, a hundred bucks? Are you crazy? You know, uh, so let me so let me just put this in front of you, okay? If you're a regular go out for coffee person, right? You drive out five days a week, you get a cup of coffee. Let me encourage you: six weeks for the next six weeks, go get a bag at Kroger, okay? Uh, get us some filters, and for six weeks, say, you know what? I'm gonna drink coffee at home. You would easily in six weeks raise a hundred dollars, yes? And, and so I am calling you to think through: is there something sacrificial that I could do? And so the phrase we've used all along. It's not equal giving, but equal sacrifice, okay? And so we all have to say, hey, what part can I sacrifice, all right? And uh, finally, okay, I'm calling this a Christmas offering. There's no specific date, okay? I'm not going, oh, it's going to be December. This. Just at any point that you and your family can go, 
hey, I can be a part, and I want, I see the vision, and I want to be a part, you know, would you consider just donating? I'll just let you know, I would never ask you all to do anything that me and my family wouldn't be willing to do, all right? So, uh, before I got up here, me and my wife, we already donated, all right, so that we, we could sit here and say, hey, we're leading by example, I wouldn't do it any other way, okay? And so, um, I really believe if this is your home church, again, if you're a guest, just, this is family talk this morning, okay? If you're a guest, just you know, check out for a minute, check back in a moment. All right, so um, we're 82% of the way there, all right? We've collected $820,000, we're 82% of the way there. L- let's finish it, all right? Let's kind of punch it across the goal line, all right? Now, I want to finish with a God fingerprint story, okay? Because I think it's easy to forget in this journey some of the fingerprints of the Lord. Um, I used this story early on in the campaign. When we were um, looking to purchase this building, uh, we were negotiating with Kroger, and we had actually come to an agreed-upon price for the purchase of this building. And, um, and we, well, we hadn't signed anything, we hadn't given any earnest money, we hadn't secured our finances, we just come to a secured, agreed-upon price verbally. And shortly after we agreed upon that price, Kroger got an offer that was a half million dollars more than our offer. And it was, we were already stretched to the max. You know, we'd been negotiating prices back and forth, and we were already stretched to the max. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't do that number, okay? And, and, and so one of the things that bothers me a little bit, okay, when I'm watching political debates, just one of the things. Uh, so, you know, just one of the things that bothers me is when I hear politicians go, you know, greedy big business, you know, and sometimes that bothers me because Kroger was kind enough to stick to their verbal offer with us, right? They could have made 10% more, uh, than, and yet they said, hey, we told you, we verbally agreed, and now they gave us a timeline. It was a narrow timeline to get the, pro- get the contract done, get the earnest money in, and secure our financing. Uh, but they uh, were kind enough to stick with their with their with their verbal agreement, which speaks to me of integrity, okay? And, uh, and, and so I appreciate that. So I came to you guys, and so Christian, let's get this next slide up here. I came to you guys, and I said, how many of you would be excited if God put a Bible-believing church that got up every week and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and had a heart for missions, and, and you know, we have a food pantry, have a heart for feeding hungry people here on the peninsula, and, and have a heart for bringing up our children in the Lord, have a youth program teaching our kids Christ and have a heart for making sure the gospel of Jesus Christ can go to every tribe, tongue, and nation so that all people have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all would be excited for that church to go in that location, right? And all the hands went. I was like, yeah, man, that's exciting. And I said, now here's the deal. God has given us, Coastal Community Church, that opportunity. Does that make sense? He didn't give it to some church out there. He gave it to Coastal. And, And so that got us excited, okay? And so guess what? It's still our opportunity, and, and quite frankly, I think it's still our obligation uh, to finish what we said we, and what we started out to do. So, would you consider being a part of helping us raise the million dollars we need to raise, all right? We're almost there. It's bite-sized chunks. I want you to pray about your part in finishing the job. Does that sound good? All right, I know I probably bored you. Hopefully I excited you, okay? And, and for me, guys, it's bigger than just the here and now. This is about legacy, okay? When I look at that location and I think about, man, there's going to come a day I ain't going to be here anymore, 
Okay, if you remember my sermon a couple weeks ago, I got so excited, I, I thought I was dying then. I was like, let's go, I'm ready to go, you know, go to heaven and, and be with the Lord. But uh, this is about our kids, 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 that we have this really incredible location, and uh, we want to preach the gospel here. All right, so let's jump in, all right, Ephesians 5, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in. I promise I'll cut, keep my sermon to a, a normal time, uh, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is the vision that you've given us, it's the opportunity that you've given Coastal Community Church, your local church here. And, um, Lord, we're grateful, and, um, Lord, this is really about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and we want to be a part of fulfilling that at Coastal. We want to make sure we have a good name in our community. Uh, God, the thing that we've just, the thing I love, actually, about the Beyond campaign is that no one person, there's not a single person here that can do this by themselves, this, this requires that people link arms together and work in unity. It takes every single person who, who is a believer and calls this their home church to, to be a part of what you're doing in this local body. And that excites me because I'm reminded that we need each other in, in, in to fulfill the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you would pour out your blessings on those who are generous with their resources, God, both time, talent, and treasure, God, that we all steward our lives, and, um, and so help us to do that well. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's jump in. Uh, if you're a guest, you can re-engage, all right? You've probably been yawning. I want to raise your view of the local church this morning. Okay, I want to raise your view. One of the distorted views of the local church that has kind of crept in, it's certainly in America, but it's even, it's even crept into the, to the church, right? Um, and, and in fact, I would even challenge you, like, like if you're sitting here right now and, and you're a little bit irritated at the presentation that I just gave you, no one's going to raise their hand, but right? Like, man, like I'm a little... Like, if you're a little bit irritated, I w- I'm going to offer you a challenge. It could be that your view of the church is too low. It could be that you have a distorted view of the church. And, like, I get it. Like, if, I went, if we went out in the community this morning, I started knocking on doors, and, there, and I asked people, well, man, why don't you go to church? We all know the three answers, right? I don't go to church because the church is full of what? Wow, you guys are really good at this, right? Uh, I don't go to church because the church is always asking for... That's so funny that this morning I gave the update. All right. And I don't go to church because the church is boring, right? That's why I don't go to church. And... And so, and, and I get it if you're not a Christian, right? You haven't been converted by the gospel. The Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you. And, and I get that. But when that starts creeping into the thinking of Christians, I just want to say your view of the church is way too low. As a Christian, you need to raise your view. You need to adopt the view of the church that God has of his church, now, by the way, I'm, I'm going to work, I'm going to give you one of my assumptions. I'm preaching this morning with several assumptions, okay? Uh, one of the assumptions that I just wanted to define for us this morning is that you understand that when you become a Christian, okay, you are the church, right? That's why when Joel was leading us in singing, he kept saying, church, sing, you're the church. It's not an entity out there. It's you and I. And so that's the assumption that I'm preaching with this morning, 
And so this morning, I want, I want to raise your view, and there's, th- there's really three kind of illustrations that the New Testament uses for the church. I, I want to work off of one this morning. The, the, ch- the Bible uses the phrase, the church is the bride of Christ. That's one of the views of the local church. The church is the bride of Christ. And so I'm going to work off of that, okay? And, and I want you to know, by the way, that when, when, you're, when you're a Christian and you become a church member, okay, you, it's not that that gets you into heaven. Being a church member doesn't make God happier. That has everything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that this morning because that's what we've been unpacking for the last two or three weeks. Go online and listen to those sermons, okay? Uh, but you're, what, what it means to be a church member is I'm committing myself to the people who are committed to Christ and I'm committed to working together for the furtherance of the gospel. And I want you to raise your view this morning of the church that Jesus has of his church. All right, we have to adopt the view Jesus himself has a high view of the church. And so if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't adopted that high view of the church, you you haven't adopted the view of the church that Jesus has. Jesus sacrificed for his church. Did you know that? Jesus sacrificed for his church. He laid down his life. He serves the church. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd does something for his people, for his sheep, right? He does what? Sacrifices for his sheep. Jesus has a high view of his church. Jesus has a high view of Christians working together. See, one of the things that's kind of crept into American Christianity is this idea that, you know, it's kind of this, what I call the Lone Ranger Christian mentality. That's not really the view that Jesus has of his church. In John chapter 17, often called the high priestly prayer of Christ, he actually prays over his 12 apostles. And at one point in the prayer, he actually prays. He says, I'm not really praying for those of you who have seen me with your own eyes. I'm praying for those who haven't even seen me yet. Did you know that in the Bible, Jesus prays for you? Isn't that amazing? And in that prayer, he says, John 17, verse 21, he says, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I, Heavenly Father, he's saying, just as you and I are one, as you and I, you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Jesus has a high view of us working together, working with him to make the gospel famous all around the world. Part of the reason that I believe the gospel hasn't spread to every tribe, tongue, and nation yet is because Christians can't work together, right? And I'll tell you why we struggle to work together. We have too low of a view of the church. It's distorted. In fact, the Apostle Paul, I had you put your finger in Ephesians 5, okay? Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul, it's it's, it's Paul's... um, lengthiest teaching on marriage. It's usually the teaching that we jump to when it comes to marriage. But the funny thing about this passage is Paul is intertwining marriage with the church and at some point it's hard to even figure out what he's talking about. Like is he talking about the church or is he talking about marriage here on earth? And he he says that's part of the great, your marriage by the way uh, actually illustrates Jesus and his church, right? I want you to think about this for a minute because 
Like if you walk into my house and you put me down, I'm more okay with that than you putting my wife down. Like that bothers me, man. My needle will pay. Yet we do that all the time with Jesus' bride, right? Put the church down. Ephesians 5, the apostle Paul says this. He says, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but he feeds it and he cares for it, just as Christ cares for his church. And we're members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united in one. Now here's the mystery of it all. Verse 32. This is a great mystery. But it's an illustration of the way Christ and his church are one. Church, we're to work together. Jesus has an expectation that we're going to work together. And so not only are we unified with Christ, but we're unified with each other. We're unified with each other. I've done sermon series on what I call the one another passages of the New Testament, right? We're We're to love one another. We're to forgive one another. By the way, the Bible tells us to forgive one another. I always say, that command presupposes something. What does it presuppose? Huh? What does it presuppose? You're going to get your feelings hurt sometime. The reason that the church is full of hypocrites is because none of us are perfect. Right? If you think you found the perfect church, you haven't. All right, that's a relief. That's out now, okay? Because it's full of people that are still growing to be more like Christ, and we're not perfect, and our feelings get hurt. And so the, pre- the presupposition in the New Testament is when my feelings get hurt, I need to go have a cup of coffee and work it out as brothers and sisters of Christ so that, so that the cause of the kingdom goes. So we're to serve one another. We're to bear one another's burdens. We're to be at peace with one another. So we have unity as we work together. We also have unity and purpose, right? We, we have a unity and purpose to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a unity to make Jesus famous here in our community, inviting your neighbors, inviting your loved ones, you know, looking for an opportunity to talk about the gospel. How do we reconnect with our creator, the person and work of Jesus Christ? And that's our purpose. That's, we have unity in that purpose. I'm always shocked. I, don't know, I, I guess I shouldn't be all the years of I've been pastoring, but it's always shocked me when someone signs up for a ministry of the local church and then doesn't show up, right? I'm going to sign up, uh, and then like, oh, you know, I had a late night last night. It's always fascinating to me that the, we would never use those excuses for our workplace, but it seems okay for the church place. Or, or greater yet, it shocks me that someone would say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but not have a place to serve. A gift and a talent, an ability that would help the church make Jesus famous. Because that's our purpose. You're not just, God didn't just put you here to sit and soak. You're a part of his church. If you're a Christian, you have a part to play. And so we unified together to spread the gospel. Second thing, kind of sticking with this illustration of the bride of Christ, is this idea is that the, we're preparing just as a bride prepares, right? We're preparing for a heavenly celebration. When I got married, I have a picture. I, I always think it'd be really fun to pull it out and show you guys, but then I, you see how old I am. So, uh, but I have this picture uh, that was taken about 25 to 30 minutes before my wedding, and I'm in a tank top and shorts 
with a basketball under my arm with my friend JP, who is like 6'9", and we were playing basketball. 30 minutes before I was supposed to get married, I was playing basketball. That's how serious I was taking that, that ceremony. You know, like, my wife, however, preparation started way, we had an evening, when, I mean, it started early in the morning, right? And uh, they, they, had their, they had this whole uh, place where the girls were getting ready, and she, man, she looked amazing that day, right? I was like, oh, well, I'll shave at some point. You know, I'll get the monkey suit on at some point. But she was taking a serious man. It was preparation. Church, you're preparing. Your, journey, your spiritual journey here on earth is preparing for the day that your faith will be sight. Does that make sense? Revelation 19 says this. And here's kind of this glimpse into heaven. It says, then I heard again what sounded like this is the Apostle John, by the way. He kind of gets this heavenly glimpse here in Revelation. He says, I Heard again what sounded like the shout of vast crowd, the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. By the way, I, 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 wish I, I just want you to hear that for a minute. Have you ever sat by the ocean where the ocean waves are huge and they're roaring and it's awesome, right? Or thunder, you know, a lightning bolt hits very close to you, your proximity and the thunder just rattles your house, Right? And, and, uh, and that, that's kind of the, John's trying to put words around this, this wedding feast. There's just going to be so many people there. It's going to be awesome. And he says, like a cra- clash of thunder. And what is there? They're saying, praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. And let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give him honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. She is been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these words, these are true words that come from God. John, he says, listen, here's this angel with John. John's like gasping at this scene, this heavenly wedding feast. And the angel says, John, no, you need to write this down because this stuff's true. There's going to come a day where our faith becomes sight. And the best kind of word picture that the scripture gives is kind of like this wedding feast. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be celebratory. And all pain and suffering and sin and brokenness and difficulty will be gone. And God is restoring everything as he originally intended to this thing called heaven. And it is going to be amazing. And those of you who are followers in Christ, your faith will be sight. And I want you to be there. And if you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Christ, I want to tell you, you're missing out on the future that God has for his children. It's a celebration. And we're preparing for that day. In fact, part of the problem with most Christians is we are not heavenly minded enough. We need to be thinking about in in terms of eternity. Well, Pastor John, you don't understand, man. I'm, I'm in a really tough marriage. I'm in a really tough marriage. Listen. It's only a lifetime commitment. I mean that partly to be comical, and I mean it partly not to be comical. 
Well, Pastor Sean, my mom, you know, I've got this physical ailment that's been with me my whole life. Guess what? It's only a, it's only a lifetime commitment. Like, the Bible says your 70 or 80 years is, is just a vapor. It's just a small speck of your existence. Right? Now, I wish I could... I wish I could paint the picture. I want you to imagine for a minute that that corner right there, I'm going to go off camera. Okay, this is where it gets weird. Sorry, Scott. This corner right here of this wall, this is your time on earth. And the rest of this wall that goes all the way around is your existence. And so so many times we're like, well, man, my marriage is really hard. This is hard. It's been going on for a long time, not in comparison with existence. Does that make sense? We've got to become, church, more heavenly-minded for the day that we're being prepared for of this day called glory. And so our time and our marriages and our money and our ability, and yes, even our suffering, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, and by the way, in 2 Corinthians 11, he lays out all of his suffering, beatings and jail time for the gospel. But in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, man, these momentary and light afflictions mean nothing to me in comparison to the weight of the wedding feast. That's what he's talking about. Isn't that cool? We have got to be more heavenly-minded church because we're being prepared and what are we being prepared for according to revelation 19 and ephesians 5 we're being prepared for a great wedding feast paul hints at it in ephesians 5 25 for you husbands this means love your wives just as christ loved the church he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of the word now i want you to see verse 27 i want you to circle the word in your handout okay he did this to present put the word circle the word present present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish there's a preparation going on you're being prepared for the day that your faith will become sight That means you're being prepared by holiness. Holiness means you're being set apart. You're set apart as a Christian to pursue the righteousness and holiness of God. Being molded more and more in the image of Christ. You're set apart. You're you're being prepared by being made clean. You're being made righteous. And and Paul says, how do we do that? Well, husbands, we need to be in the word of God. Okay, but kind of weaving this this illustration in with your, your, your preparation for eternity... Okay, as Christians, we need to be in the Word of God because that's how we know how to be holy and how to be righteous and how to grow to be more like Christ. And the Word of God is going to shape everything about you, the way you talk, the way you use your media, the way you use your money, the way you go out on a date. All of these things, you're being prepared by the Scriptures to be holy and clean for the day of preparation. And you're being prepared for your final day of preparation, verse 27. And Paul says, man, that day of preparation is going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Literally, you're going to be honored. That's what the word glorious means. You're honored. And by the way, some of you this morning, as a Christian, okay, you're here this morning, you're a believer, you have a hard time imagining that... God sees you as glorious. Now you don't know, Pastor, you don't know what I, man, I keep stumbling and I'm bumbling as I do this Christian walk, you know, and I lost my temper again and I did this again. Like, glorious, really? 
Here's, here's where the gospel is so important, and, and I'm going to throw a big church word out to you, okay? This is where the doctrine of justification is so incredibly important. We've been talking about this in the previous weeks. When you bow a knee, when you confess your sin and your need for a Savior, you bow a knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and you say, I believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The, what the Scripture teaches is now all of your sin has been paid for on the cross, and the life of Jesus Christ, which was perfect, is now credited to you by grace through faith, spiritually speaking, okay? And that message is authenticated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's how we know it's true, okay? And so because of that, one day when you, st- when you prepare for this wedding feast, one day, even though we're in the process of sanctification or glor- growing to be more like Christ, the doctrine of dust- justification says you're already declared righteous, you're going to stand before God because of Christ, clothed in the good works of Christ, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the holiness of Christ, and you're going to stand before God, and God says, man, I am super well pleased with you. Isn't that amazing? And so the doctrine of sanctification is not now be good. The doctrine of sanctification is now live up to your name. My kids don't do this as much now as they're getting older because they're sick of hearing it. But, man, when they were younger, and you parents know this, well, everybody else gets to, right? You heard that as parents? Here's what I, here was my response. You ain't everybody else. You don't like the way we do things around here? Go live with everybody else, okay? How's that for tenderness, right? I'm very tender father. So, you know, all right, so your last name is Brown, and here's how Browns do things, all right? So, so the doctrine of sanctification is you now have a new name. You just need to live up to your name. Does that make sense? You've been adopted into the family. And so we're being prepared, and we're going to be glorious on that day. And the Bible says we're going to be spotless. These are your next couple of blanks, and we're going to be wrinkle-free, and we're going to be without blemish because we're preparing for that day where our faith will become sight. I'm out of time, so let me close with this. Ready? How do you see your life? How do you see your life? What's your, what's your worldview? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Like if your life is about making money, man, you, you're going to be driven by that. If, you're, if your life is about having fun, like you're going to look for the next party. As a Christian, I want you to see yourself as the church I want you to see yourself as the bride of Christ being prepared for that day that your faith will become sight and we're being prepared for what the Bible calls a glorious wedding feast. And by the way, this changes everything. You're in the process of preparing for that great day. In fact, let's do something weird for a minute. If you're you're a guest this morning, you're like, oh no. Okay, just look around the room. Look at the person beside you. Look at, look at the person behind you. Look at the, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I told you it was going to be, feel weird. All right, so there's people leaving. Like, ah, uh, I didn't know we were doing this. All right. As you look around the room, I want you to behold the bride of Christ. It's that person sitting next to you, and it's that person sitting behind you, and it's that person sitting in front of you. And I want us to stop distorting the church. I want you to look around the room and go, that person is the bride of Christ. I need to raise my view of the church. Does that make sense? 
That person is here to be a part of proclaiming the name and fame of Christ. That person is here because they're preparing for the day where their faith will become sight and will celebrate. Church, we need to raise our view of the church. We need to raise it individually. That's why I had you look around the room. We need to raise it corporately or organizationally. It's just so easy to throw Jesus' bride under the bus. And we are here for two things. To serve together to make Christ famous and to prepare for the day of heavenly celebration. Let's not distort the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for your church, God. It's no one person. Jesus is the head of his church and each of us has a part to play in making Christ famous. I pray that we would be encouraged in our unity together and we would be encouraged in our, our eyes being lifted eternally. Understanding we're preparing for a day of eternity. And, and we have this temporary assignment here on earth that you are using us to prepare for the day that our faith will become sight. May that encourage us. May we link arms with our brothers and our sisters around us to make Christ famous and to prepare for that day. It's in Jesus' name I pray.